Welcome to the 11th Hour, the Engage Work Faith podcast, which seeks to answer the question, what is the Christian perspective on work and how does it intersect with faith? We do this by sharing conversations with workers from South Australia on a whole range of topics that are central to the sphere of work. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today I'm with Bob Beaumont, a name you might recognise from Beaumont Tiles, and I'm also with Craig from Engage Work Faith. Now, the reason we're here today is Craig actually suggested we have a conversation with Bob, a conversation about prayer. Craig, would you mind telling us why you thought of Bob? Okay, it comes from a few years back when I actually came down to meet Bob, and I, I was... Personally, I was quite nervous and I thought, oh, an executive, busy, you know, they won't have a lot of time uh, for this and I better, you know, I'm sure that they're thinking about the company all the time and nothing else. And I was so pleasantly surprised because one of the things that we spent the most time talking about was uh, how Bob prays. And I I came out so refreshed and re-energised and uh, thought what a different perspective I had because of that. Uh, conversation. So that gives a bit of background as to why we're here. So thank you so much, Bob, for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, I just want to find out, is it your 86th opening of a tile store? Is that right? Um, We're actually just about to clock over our 120th. Oh, heavens. Okay. So that's a bit behind the times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So which one was that? that just uh, we're, we're about to talk, clock over um, one in Warwick in Queensland. Wow. Okay. Approximately how many people are employed by Beaumont Tiles? Including the franchise stores, um, because we do uh, a lot with our franchisees, um, are probably about 650. Wow. Okay. Okay. How did you go with COVID? Okay. Except for the few months a couple of months where we had to virtually close down uh it, it actually went pretty well okay things were down and we had to stand people down uh for a short time during those months we were closed we had to really tighten our belts but we got through okay and with nearly all of our people great so we'll just dive into some conversation on prayer and get your insight into prayer who taught you how to pray well, I guess you'd have to say uh, my mum was, was the, the main instigator. She was a, a real lady of prayer. Some people would call her a prayer warrior, I guess, but uh, she wouldn't have called herself that. She was too humble for that. She, I guess, taught me to pray. We, we prayed around the dinner table at night, um, took it in turns, my three brothers and I. But the church that I grew up in was, was fairly formal, um, a bit old-fashioned, so... Um, the prayer was fairly formal, whereas then when I was a teenager, I read a book called Conversing with God by Ros Rinker, and um, that turned my prayer life right upside down because it, I realised that prayer was actually a conversation with God. It's interesting just picking up on you learning prayer from your mother. How early did you notice your mother was what you'd hesitate to call a prayer warrior? I don't think I ever really came to a realisation, it just was. I would have been shocked to see somebody who wasn't a prayer warrior because that's the only model I knew. That's a good start to your prayer life then. Yes. From your take, what what is prayer? Conversing with God is is what it is. I would also say from my, I guess, perspective, 
that it's our responsibility. We're told to pray, so do it. So yes, it's conversing with God, but it's our responsibility to do as well, even when we don't feel like it. You had some gold beforehand, before we even started recording this little conversation, about two types of prayer. And I thought that might be interesting for people to hear your take on the two types of prayer you notice. Mm. I see um, one type of prayer is the everyday prayer, the the ongoing, all-day type prayer where uh, you might pray for somebody, you might pray every time you see an ambulance go by, something that my wife and I both do. And um, so you just pray, you pray... Uh, and say thank you for that great sunset or you, you you ask God to look after that particular person. So it's just the, the general thing. But a lot of Christians probably would find themselves in that situation. That's their, their form of prayer. But they might wake up one day and say, oh, I actually haven't prayed for two or three days. Um, that's where it really falls down. The other type of prayer is disciplined prayer. Disciplined, every day, at a time type prayer. Some people will say, but that's so artificial. Well, it's that may be the case, but if you decide to do it, is that artificial? It's what we're told to do. And, hey, we're not the boss here. He's the boss, so let's do what he tells us to do. He tells us to pray, let's pray. So can, how do you do that? Can you walk us through what that more disciplined prayer looks like? Mm. Well, for a start... You've got to set a time. It's different for everybody. I was, I guess, demotivated about prayer for many years because people said, you've got to pray in the morning. You mustn't pray any other time. It's got to be first thing. <laughs> no, that just didn't, didn't work for me. What works for me is before I go to bed at night. Mm. And I set an alarm on my watch. And it's always for the same time. And that's when I think, ah, okay, it's time to do my Bible reading and pray. That's the t- and I don't go to bed until I do. Okay. So it's the same thing if you wanted to have your prayer in the morning. You say, I will not have breakfast until I pray. Yes. And so you link it to something. The other thing is to have a place to do it. I was, I've been very fortunate during my life because when I first started work, sometime after I started work, I got a car. <laughs> So at lunchtime, I, I actually used to take a lunch hour, which was something unheard of these days. Uh, I used to take a lunch time. So I would get in my car, I'd drive down to the parklands, I'd park, and I'd have my Bible reading, and I'd pray. And that was fantastic, and I did that for years and years and years. So that was a specific place. And a car is a great place, even in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Put on a big parker and go out and pray. That's a great thing. So you've got to have a place to pray, because you're going to get interruptions. And it just seems that my, my wife would always say, you know, the moment I start praying, I know one of the kids is going to walk through that door and ask me something mm. every time. Now, whether that's a spiritual thing or what, I can't say. Mm. In, our, in our house, it was the dog got really, really spooked when I shut my eyes to pray yeah. and he'd, you know, start being very naughty. I would not be at all surprised to learn that the evil one's behind those little interruptions but i'm not accusing him of anything Mm. so that's important to have a particular place but then it's a matter of what you pray and how you organize yourself and that'll be good to hear what it is to pray i think it's really good though just for those of our listeners and even myself 
to know that you don't have to get up at 5am if that's not how you're wired. So it's good. That's mm. great insight to say, find the daily routine that works for you. And I think that's really encouraging. Uh, was Basil alarmed at 5am, Craig, or what, <laughs> what was your time? No, he also, also went to sleep when I'd um, start preaching to him as well. So <laughs> it was a twin effect. <laughs> great. Um, what were you going to say about sort of the content of, of prayer? You're going to move on to that. Well, I guess this this is a bit of a, I guess, um, discussion point amongst people when I talk to them about this because everybody's different and my brain works in a particular way. So this is not for everybody. This is just for me and anybody whose brain works like mine. I love spreadsheets. That's just my way my brain is wired. Not necessarily big mathematical spreadsheets, mm. but spreadsheets of, of things, events, uh, lists, etc., I don't like to use the word prayer list because a prayer list has bad connotations. So I call it a prayer schedule. But what I do is to just set up a spread sheet and I put down one side all the areas that I want to pray about. So there'd be my church and various people in the church, my family and various people in the family. There might be the business and the various people, events, plans, etc. there. There might be outside organisations uh, and people there. So a whole bunch of different areas and then fill that in as to who you want to pray for I think then what I do is across the top I put Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday right through to to Sunday on uh, say praying about my family I'd put a little x in every every box in every cell there might be another thing I'm praying about weekly Hmm. So there's a whole bunch of people that I'm associated with uh, who are in ministry and so on, and I would pray for them every week. And so that gives me a, a base on which to, to pray. But then you don't just say the name. You know, mm. God bless mummy, God bless daddy, that sort of thing. It's, mm. That's just not prayer. That's just reading out a list. Mm. You, you try to pray about something for each person. Mm. And I find that if I see that person... I can say, oh, I've been praying for you every Friday night. What can I pray about? And so they'll give me a special project to pray about. So when I talk to somebody, I'll quite often ask them, what can I pray about? Mm. So then I'll very meticulously take that home or put it in my, um, in my diary because uh, the spreadsheet I use is Google Sheets. So I'll put that down very meticulously alongside of that person so that then I can pray intelligently because I think you yeah, if you, can, if you can pray just in faith, that's great. But if you can pray intelligently in faith, that's much better. Mm. It's, it sounds like by doing that, it's actually going to change you in the process as well because uh, you're already asking somebody how something is going because you've been praying about it yeah. and have been thinking about it. And it's an encouragement for them too. Yeah, I was thinking that and I, I've... I've experienced that actually. <laughs> when it comes to seeing things over a long period of time, how do you know when to drop something off or when to not give up on something, but when to you know, put something to bed and, and yeah. leave it? Um, good question. I think you, when you pray about something, the spirit tends to work with you. Mm. And um, I think probably at three different levels in my experience, for other people, it'll be different, no doubt. But at three different levels, there is either that um, crickets chirping type of 
situation <laughs> where you get no feedback from the spirit at all about something and you think, well, you know, that's, that's a dead duck, I'll, I'm going to leave that. But then you'll get that warmth and you pray about something and, and you can interact and you, you can, you can uh, pray intelligently, then sometimes, sometimes you're praying through and the spirit just says, wham! You know, that's what I want you to... So you drop everything else and you just intensely pray about that. I have no idea why, but God seems to need us, want us, desire us to pray about a specific thing at a specific time. And sometimes when you're praying, you go through and you bring something to mind suddenly, whammo, you're there and, and you just have to pray and you can't stop praying until he stops you praying and says, okay, now you must thank me you can't pray for that anymore you must thank me for that mm. and so um you you got to be aware and open to that mm. um and i think that's where you've got to prepare your mind and your spirit for prayer as well you can't just sort of dive in and, and I, i'm terrible at this I, i'm mm. awful at this I, I tend to just being the sort of person i am i dive into it and, <laughs> what's going on i don't feel anything coming back the other way and you know there's something there which is stopping and, and i have to stop and, yeah so would you say am i hearing you right and saying that, that there needs to for you there needs to be a certain amount of passion in the prayer if you know what i mean if it's dry um you don't feel the spirit is is with um, you in that moment is that a good way of summing it up or Look, I, I think if, if you summed it up like that, it would sound like y it's all about you mm. and you, you have to generate the passion. No, no, no. It's the other way around. We're doing this prayer thing because God told us to. It's up to him to supply the passion through his spirit and it's up to him to look after the answers. <laughs> you know, people say, well, does God answer your prayers? And I say, why is that any of my business? It doesn't matter. It's not up to me. Why on earth would I be concerned whether God answers my prayers? That's, that's awfully arrogant, isn't it? Mm. It's, you know, we're praying because we're being obedient. And that's so if we're being obedient, the outcome does not matter in the slightest. I don't think I've heard anyone um, put it that way before. It's quite a different perspective. Mm. And yet at the same time, I hear you say... Um, there are times when you turn to thanks because you've seen on your schedule, I nearly called it a list, Oops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you see it on your schedule and you mark it as thanks. So uh, can you talk a little bit about how your prayer moves into the other phases of, you know, we've got request and there's other phases of thanks or praise? Or Well, that, that's not a structured thing. That's where um, what, what I was trying to refer to there was when uh, you're praying through uh, the schedule and you you start to pray about something and suddenly the spirit just hits you that you've got to pray about that particular thing mm, and I'm okay. sure you've both experienced it where um, where the spirit has just led you to pray about something very intensely um, sometimes he makes you drop your knees and, and you know you just pray and pray and pray about something and then suddenly you reach a stage well, I find that um, you know that could take a long time but it's suddenly you reach a stage, I find, where you can't pray anymore. You can't actually ask him for it anymore. There's only one thing to say in that, and that is thanks, mm. because you know that it's been achieved. You may not have seen the result, mm. but that doesn't, that's not our business. We don't operate across time. We're, we're constrained by time. So we can say, wow, that's great. Thank you so much. And that, we may not actually ever see an answer to that, or we may not see an answer to that for 10 years. Mm. Not our business. 
none of our our responsibility is to pray. And that's where it stops. On that, I think that's really freeing because I think a lot of people pray and then they're they're looking around to see confirmation that God's heard. Mm. And as you said, sometimes, and history shows us that, that people have prayed for things and not always known how they were answered. That's right. You know, they've often been praying for people to become Christians and it happens after they die. That's right. Um, so, but what, uh, I was going to ask you, what sustains you to keep praying? What, what do you do that helps you to keep at it? And particularly thinking about that over a long period of yeah. time now. I'm a, I'm a great believer in... Um, I, I never remember the, the saying, but if you uh, sow a habit, you reach reaper behaviour. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you sow a behaviour, you reap a destiny or something like that. You've probably mm-hmm. heard the... Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's such a good thing where you discipline yourself. Mm-hmm. Right through the letters in the New Testament... Paul talks about, and others talk about, perseverance. Yes. You don't need perseverance if you're absolutely, you know, you're, you're really full of the Spirit and you're really excited about things. You don't need perseverance. Mm. But no, this is about perseverance. You read about missionaries who have gone to a particular location. They work for year after year, decade after decade, mm. with no results to speak of. They don't motivate themselves. That's discipline. Mm. That's faith. Yeah, that's great. We actually did a survey recently on our Facebook page just asking people what their biggest question about prayer is. If you were to answer that question, what would you say at this stage of life that your biggest question about prayer is? My biggest question would be, and I don't expect an answer until I be with the Lord, but my biggest question would be, why is it necessary? God knows everything. He's already in the future and in the past at the same time, as it were. And so he knows everything. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. Why would he need us to pray? What is the purpose of it? It just doesn't seem to make sense. But, hey, that's not my call. He, he's God. He's the boss. He makes up the rules. So you just go along with that. Mm. How do you feel then when you're invited to pray by God and sort of, as you've said, commanded to pray and obedience in prayer? How does that make you feel in the knowledge that, in a sense, God doesn't need your prayer? Probably exhausted more than anything. Mm. And and I'm sure you've both experienced the same thing where God really puts it on you to pray about something and you pray and pray and pray. And at the end of it is, whoa, that was intense. Mm. Yeah, and I think that tied in with our survey question. I think there was a very similar vein. One of the top two responses was, why does God have us pray when he knows everything and he's in control of everything? So it's interesting you've hit a similar theme there. Um, and I think we've touched on the, the question we had there about the impact that our prayers have and how to balance that with God's calling us into prayer regardless of the result. Do you have any other tips you can share with other prayers to keep them at it? I was just going to say on that, Bob, I'm thinking in particular, like I'm sure there are some young listeners hear you talking today and think, mm. oh my goodness, you know, he's running a, you know, the, the largest independent tile company, you know, the country, and yet he finds time to pray. What would be your tips for people like that? Do you mind if I'm really blunt? 
<laughs> Go for it. <laughs> and I apologise in advance to anybody who takes offence at this. But if you can't find time to pray, you don't really want to pray. If you haven't got a time that you can allocate, if you can't find a spot, you don't want to. You can find time for everything else. You may have to cram things in, but if you are not finding time for prayer, you don't want to. You don't want it enough. Yes. When you want it enough, you will find that time. Yeah. 30 minutes of sleep or even 15 minutes of sleep. You can, um, how much time do you watch TV mm. per day? Mm. You can do without 30, uh, without 30 minutes of TV and, and you hear people say, oh, but I need some relaxation. Mm. Well, is that more important? What do I think is the most important thing? It's an age-old problem, isn't it, when the disciples were asked to pray yeah. for one hour and they yeah. kept nodding off. You yeah, know, that's, good that's example. I just read that this morning, actually. Great yeah. example, three yeah. Times, three times. That's right. Times. They come, and that was Jesus himself. Yeah. You're invited to pray with Jesus himself and still the struggle was there. That's right. Um, and wasn't Jesus gracious when he corrected them? Mm. Isn't, wasn't that just fantastic, the way he did that? So loving. I've really enjoyed talking to you today, Bob, and hearing the passion in your voice as you talk about prayer. Sometimes we lack that passion and enthusiasm and strong opinion. Craig, you know Bob much longer than I have. Is that just Bob's MO or is, this, is he particularly fired up about prayer, do you think? <laughs> I think uh, it'd be good for um, people to look not, not so much uh, at the example of Bob uh, in terms of where he's got to and all that sort of thing, but I think just... The question I, th I think is, what, what difference would it make if Bob hadn't have been a person of prayer so far? And that, that's, that's the thing that would motivate me. Do I want to be a person of prayer or do I just want to bumble along through life and have everything react, you know, be busy? It's a great summary of, of what we've gone through today. So I just want to thank you, Bob, very much for taking the time to spend this conversation with us. Thank you so much. Great pleasure. And thank you, Craig, for connecting us and um, adding your highlights to the conversation too. Terrific. You've been exploring how faith and work overlap on the 11th Hour podcast. Check out our website, engageworkfaith.org.au to find resources on the topics we cover and keep up to date with our latest events. Thanks for joining us on this episode.